find you my missing puzzle piece I'm complete I was just Welcome to Two Day Dream Believers Podcast. I am your host, BaySurfin18, and this is side B, if you will, of our makeover podcast, uh, where we talk about the Blaine side. And with me today, I have a returning guest and a brand new guest, and I will let them introduce themselves for you. Uh, Hi, my name is Bethany, and I'm Invisible Raven pretty much anywhere you want to look for me. Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm the Dorkmark. Same thing, basically anywhere you want to look for me. All right. Welcome, guys, and welcome, Izzy, to uh, doing your first podcast. Thank Yay! You. Yay! Okay, can I get one thing out of the way since we're on the, ep- the makeover yeah. episode? Because every time I heard the way- word makeover, I have to go, makeover, 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 makeover. And if you're not a Clone High fan, you won't get that. I won't get that. <laughs> No, but they had a whole episode. They had like a million makeovers, and every time there was a word, they said the word makeover. This little song came on, and it's just a compulsion now. I'm That's sorry. delightful, though. I, more people. I'm amazed that more people don't break out into song. Yeah, oh. it was the only time it ever happened. It was hilarious, and I felt it was it was apt for this episode because it's kind of makeup. Thank you, appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so kind of um, kicking it off. Um, I kind of want to, well, Izzy, you mentioned in an email to me about these episodes feeling a little different from the rest of the season four. And uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit to kind of uh, headspace? Yeah, well, to me, every time I rewatch season four, like these, the first three episodes especially, I feel like I I want to rewatch them as quickly as possible but I also don't want to rewatch them. They're kind of, because they exist before the breakup, they're in this strange little, you know, um, a strange little world. Uh, what else? What else? What did I even say? Um, um, because, I don't know. 
Well, yeah. Sorry, help me help me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying to remember what I said. It sounded so more articulate when I typed it out. And yet when I typed it out, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. No, it does. It does. And I was, one thing that we've been talking about kind of thematically, um, we, we did a podcast, and by the time this airs, everybody will already, be, uh, already have heard it, that um, seasons one through three are kind of their own season. And, or uh, right. series, and then seasons four through six kind of start off this new series, and a lot of the beginning of season four is about change and about going in, and I, I keep saying a new direction, which is absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> because, you know, but it is, it's about going in a new direction, and um, and how the show itself feels different. It, it is Glee, the college years, mashed with Glee, the next generation, and episodes one through three are kind of not only propelling, like, you know, getting the introduction to the newbies and trying to feel out the New York stuff, but it's also kind of wrapping up some of the old stuff. And a lot of the reset um, that the, that Glee does has to do with breaking up all of the couples in the show. Um. And episodes one through three is kind of getting to the two four, where four should have been... I don't know. Four is really kind of the break. Um, it's interesting that Ryan Murphy and co kind of have this thing where they don't usually end, they don't always end or begin things where people might expect them to. Yeah. Um, so season three ended was definitely an ending of something, but it goes a little, it extends a little farther. And yes. like this Kurt and Blaine storyline, for example, there's an ending part in episode four, not episode 322 or 401. Well, uh- the thing, the thing that I always feel about it is, like, from the outset of the season, I, I distinctly remember him by being like, um, Ryan Murphy being like, episode four, it's the breakup episode. And um, feeling like episodes one through three should have done more to kind of lay the groundwork, at least at the time. Now that when I go back and I rewatch them, you know, you can pick out things and you can be like, okay, yeah, the seeds are there, they make sense. But I always felt like, at least when I was first watching it, that breakup episode should have been like, you know, episode 10 so they could have properly kind of led up to it but also they wanted it to happen super quickly so they could just as you say they could just break it off and start anew because it happened also happened that the breakup was a episode where we had a long hiatus afterwards Mm -hmm. I remember and um that was nice and painful um but uh, yeah as you said it almost felt like a new show started four episodes in and it was quite strange but of course I guess maybe it's better that it happened after 404 or not after 322 because it would have been an even longer hiatus. And it would have had like what they did more. with the take, where they just basically broke yeah. that take with a, a throwaway line. And, and I was like, I wasn't invested in take, but I was just like, what? What happened? Yeah. Well, and I want to say, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 continue. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, kind of adding on to it, um, uh, was, you know, Clayne <laughs> always had a you know, season two is about them getting together. Season three, they're together, bookended, you know, beginning, end. Season five, they're together, bookend, end, and end. Season six, they're broken up in the kind of, it's kind of a mirror of season two, actually, and they get back together. But season four is mostly they're broken up. So to have these first three episodes where they're still together feels a little like, okay, we're just waiting for, you know, we're just waiting. Yeah, well, as, as I said, like, we knew, we kind of knew that they were going to break up, so it was just kind of this, we know it's coming kind of just, it was like rip off a band-aid 
type of thing, which is which is why, as I said, these this, sorry, this is making sense now. Why I said what I said, um, why these first three episodes, you want to get through them as quickly as possible because you just want to rip off that bandaid. But also, once you know <laughs> why they break up, you kind of want it to last as long as possible because it, it definitely feels like a turning point. And this, I, I said this as well. It's really, I, I tried to watch this episode through the lens of someone who didn't know what was coming because even though I remember I knew that, well, we all knew that it was a breakup episode, we didn't actually know why they broke up. So it's trying to watch this episode through that, okay, they're breaking up, but I don't know why, um, versus knowing why they break up and then trying to pick things out for that reason, which I found, as I said, I found it difficult, but I tried. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I mean, in this... (laughs) whole podcast is about taking one of the neat things about this podcast is taking it and putting it in context within the whole series so it's yeah. not just about like oh we don't know what's going to happen next but where does this you know piece of the puzzle fit in this entire story <laughs> from seasons one oh one to six thirteen so um some of the other things before we get into the episode um just you know we've kind of touched upon in the other episode in the other podcast about Blaine's headspace during the summer but you know he's in an interesting place because he's already in the end of season three expressed that he's incredibly um he's incredibly worried about what's going to happen between him and Kurt when when Kurt leaves and yeah he does push Kurt to go to New York because as he says in in the new Rachel you know seeing you here uh, what's killing you is killing me it's still a very very hard thing for and yeah it's very much if you love something let it go if it comes back to you kind of thing and he he really wants to believe kurt will come back or they'll be okay but as we all know they are not (laughs) not for a very long time (laughs) no (laughs) but do you think that that blaine how to put this i'm not so sure he really believes i think that I have to wonder, and I, I, I say this from standing over on the cart side of the fence, um, do you think that maybe he's just so unsure that he just kind of, I, I don't think he has any confidence in his relationship, especially after Carlos oh, New York, yeah. but okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's doing <laughs> what he thinks is right, and I'm sure there's a small bit of him that hopes it will work out and that he's wrong. But I think he kind of knows by sending Kurt off to New York, that's like, it's just a matter of time before things go to shit. And that's unfortunate and it's correct. But, you know, yeah, he doesn't have any confidence in his relationship. And I think that really ties into probably a lot of self-doubt on his part. Like, oh, once Kurt goes, like, what? what am I, why would he stay with me? And I'll get into that later in the episode because I have a lot to say about that. But (laughs) yeah, Blaine has no confidence in himself or his relationship. And I don't think that has, I don't think it's like, oh, Kurt, I don't think he's meaning it to be anything bad about Kurt. But once Kurt gets there, you know, what's going to keep him attached to me? Now, I have a question to throw out there to you guys as Blaine, really big Blaine fans. Do you think, why do you think that he is not, you know, talking to Kurt about these? Even after a dance with somebody and he, they've tried to open up communication, what do you think is holding back Blaine from talking about the fact? Um, because that's going to be a theme and we'll probably get more into it as we go but, through this episode. But what is stopping him from, from trying to reach out 
um, and explicitly explicitly say, Kurt, I, I need you. I need you to, you know, pay more attention than what you're doing right now. Well, um, <clears throat> this, this was something I wouldn't admit that didn't, I didn't come to on my own because I found it going back through reactions to this episode. Um, the few times that we do see the two of them communicating, and it's not very well in this episode, um, both, well, the, the first time, which is the first couple of times, which is the Skype uh, part of the episode, which we'll get to, um, <laughs> uh, he tries to get Kurt's opinion on something, and Kurt just kind of steamrolls him. And then later on in the episode, of course, when Kurt hangs up the phone, it's kind of like, has Blaine tried and Kurt's not listening? And I'm, uh, that, that's just something that I want, because that's the only things that we see in this episode. Oh, yeah, and I'm not saying... Because we talked about a little bit about this in the Kurt side, that Kurt is kind of in his, you know, how do I put this? He's, his future was completely, like, derailed when he didn't get into Niata. But he goes to New York anyway, and he suddenly got has got this fairy godmother, and he's got this new job, and he's got this you know, new loft and, and he's going to reapply to Niata and he's got this new plan and he gets really single-minded about it. Um, and, um, kind of, I don't want to say forgets about Blaine. Um, but he is so, as I've always said in my own meta, he is so secure about his relationship that he kind of ignores it. He's not the same as Blaine. Like he doesn't have the same insecurities. He doesn't, unlike he's always believed that they're going to be fine. Um, but though I will say, because this is we're not talking about Kurt, I will say one one thing that did hurt a little bit when I was rewatching the episode was, of course, when Isabel asked him about his where he sees himself four years in the future. You'd ask Blaine the same question, and in fact, it happened on the um on the DVD extras that random thing that they got Darren to do, which was really adorable, where he's like, "Where do you see yourself in the future?" And he talked a lot about Kurt. When Kurt's asked, you don't hear anything about Blaine. And you know what? Even as you know, I and never. That never occurred to me. I mean, as, you know, just thinking about Kurt Meta and and going for that, that never kind of like, oh, I guess, I mean, yeah, Blaine would be there to, like, my, of course he thinks Blaine is there, but yeah, just because, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. But as I said, it's because they're different people. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. They, but like, maybe it's because it's a given to Kurt, like, of course, Blaine's going to be there. I'm so, he's so sure of it, but Blaine's a completely different person so exactly yeah and 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 maybe blaine's not saying anything or he's trying like oh maybe i'm whining maybe oh it's just stupid high school stuff and he's just kind of putting it down and putting himself down and kind of belittling his own issues and problems thinking oh kurt won't care because he has tried to reach out and it's kind of gotten ignored like yeah well why did why should kurt Kurt care because he has this amazing new york life and i'm here with stupid high school stuff and and I'm not saying that's why that could that is why but that's just like the kind of the headspace that I get because yeah I, I that's how I would think and I, I don't know I I kind of relate to Blaine a lot so I, I that's just how I see it no that's great I, and and I think that's it's really interesting to go into these storylines um trying to figure out a lot of season four is going to be, you know, picking apart these really, really great storylines. So it's trying to get a headspace and like, okay, this is where we are. And this is part of the story. I think it's really kind of cool because a lot in, 
season two and, and going into season three, we don't have a whole lot of where is Lane's headspace really? Because he's kind of a character who's attached to somebody else, and um, that's kind of not that he wasn't more more dimensional in earlier seasons, but it it was less filled out or less defined in previous seasons. Well, as something that came to my attention watching this, this is one of the very first episodes I think maybe other than Big Brother where it's an episode about Blaine that has really nothing to do with Kurt like like Kurt's involved but it's really it's a storyline that's kind of and it, it sets the tone for the rest of the season because I mean it, it hurts that it had they had to break up for this to happen because it, it probably could have happened otherwise but all of these things that's, that are now happening to Blaine really have nothing to do with Kurt and it's really strange to think about that he's been around for like a season and a half already and that hasn't happened yet. No, I agree. I think this is the, I call this the beginning of Blaine being a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I'm very fascinated that, and I, I don't remember which podcast we talked about this a little bit, that they took some of the issues they, that they, their, the writers took some of their own writing issues and made them issues with Blaine in a sense. Like, Blaine, when we'll talk about it when we get to the end a lot, um, he, he's alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the writers didn't give him any friends. <laughs> like, yeah, the writers did not write him interacting with people. They did, but they were seniors and they all graduated, but and not really. Left, yeah. So it's like that kind of thing. You know, Blaine is always with Kurt. Well, let's take Kurt away. Well, Blaine's going to have a hard time because Blaine's entire existence, you know, was reliant on Kurt, and now it's not. He is his own, he's a real boy now, so. I, th- I just think it's fascinating. Well, I mean, I, I, you've probably talked about this again on, on the Kurt side, but, it, you know, there are a lot of, whist, like, hints that perhaps they were headed towards a, you know, fashion for Kurt future in this episode. I felt that a lot. Um, and it makes me really wonder, like, if had Blaine gone to New York when Kurt did, you know, you could have had Blaine at Niata with Rachel and you could have built up a whole Niata world. So Kurt could have ended up in fashion. That just makes me wonder, like, what could have been. Like, I've come, like, I'm completely cool with the junior stuff. In fact, I think it was great because, as you say, Blaine became a real boy. But I don't know. It makes me wonder whether they would have gone through with Kurt going into fashion had, had I kind of, I don't know. They were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, like, as much as I hate myself for saying this, they needed to break up. Or they needed oh, yeah. to take a break, and I I still hate the way they break up and the reason they broke up. I still hate it. I will continue to hate it. <laughs> Meta all you want about how it helps Blaine be a real boy and how it's better for them. No, I don't care. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I, I still think, yes, they needed to break up or take a break and either, like, not be exclusive or whatever. But they both needed to grow as individuals and find themselves and everything. So, yes, in the end, the breakup was a good thing. Had they gone to New York, they probably still would have broken up, as we saw in season six, because the issues from them living together and everything probably would have reared themselves. And they're younger, they're less mature. 
they haven't gone through all the hardships, so it would have actually probably been worse, and who knows if they would have actually made themselves get back together had they both been in New York the same time. It depends on if Sue was there. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, like, yeah, I think even if Blaine had gone, they probably still would have broken up. Definitely not for the same reason and probably under much different circumstances, but I think it might have actually been worse because they would have had, like, adjusting to new environment and, like... That would have been bland. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have gotten glam. Sorry, that, that's a real sticking point for me. Like, oh. So, yeah, like, as much as I hate everything about them being separated and them breaking up, yeah, it was inevitable. And I can't say it's for the best that it happened the way it does because I'm sorry, I will never, ever, ever be behind the whole cheating storyline. <laughs> yeah, but that's, but that's, that's why them happening in, happening in four episodes, like, they just yeah. had to think of the quickest. Most, uh, well, I say most painless in terms of like cutting it off, and that's that's the way he did it. I I will add that I am appreciative that they spent more time working on the two of them healing and getting back together than they did with them like on the downside and breaking up. I'm like I'm, I'm yeah. glad that it wasn't like a. I really I mean no nothing. Yeah, I, I I don't really like the cheating myself, but I am also glad that it was like let's rip off the band-aid, let's get this done, and then let's start telling the story about how they get back together because that's yeah. kind of what RAB seems to know how to do. And like okay, fine. <laughs> if they can't really know how to write like great couples while they're together, then fine. Let's at least have them you know working on themselves and, and growing back together. So I will take that. No, I was just saying you could compare it to the Britannia storyline where they broke up and it was actually like a really good healthy breakup for good reason but then they got no coming back together and just suddenly oh let's get back together even though Santana was technically kind of still dating Danny and (laughs) Brittany was all over the place and then she left because Heather was pregnant but because Brittany went off to MIT or whatever so yeah I think I kind of prefer the fact that we got clean fixing things and coming back together stronger because of it yep I agree. Okay, so let's actually, 20 minutes in, let's talk about the episode. <laughs> about the, episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, the first thing yeah, I have, I want, to me- <laughs> I want to mention, and we, we really won't talk about this for very long, um, is that the third plot of this story is actually about Will and, and kind of going off to Washington, or at least making the decision that he wants to make a better and, and make um, kids' lives better for whatever. I don't care. It's there. <laughs> Um, I don't really like Will all that much. Um, and so, um, but I want to point it out there because that is, it's sets up the, for Finn coming back and to be a teacher. So, um, I just like to touch on a great storyline. Yeah. Which is, oh, yeah. it oh, is. Yeah. So I like to just mention other, what else is going on in the episode too. Uh, I will say the other thing, which occurred to me and I can't believe I'm drawing this parallel, but like he comes and talks to Emma about leaving and she encourages him to leave. And I was like, Hmm, this seems really familiar. Um, cause I found it to be kind of similar to what's going on with Captain Blaine a little bit. <laughs> cause they, there are Blaine. so many parallels up the left, right, everywhere with all of the couples. It's, it's just yeah. insane. And then, cause at the time I was like, why are they featured in the breakup? It doesn't make sense. And now it kind of, you think go back and rewatch and you think, okay, well, I guess it does make sense. <laughs> oh, one, one last thing before we get to Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is the literal first thing in the episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, 
that, you know, this episode's called Makeover. And, you know, when we're talking about big themes like this, we should mention that, you know, the show is getting a makeover. And as we were talking about all of the stuff that we've been talking about, season four is a different season and a different feel. And the show, you know, the makeover, it's interesting that it comes before the breakup, but, you know makeover the show is made over and you're going to get a new feeling whether you like it or not it's up to you but it's going to happen oh oh can i may i just say you pointed this out um in in your um email outline and that was that the the that this episode doesn't have very many of the newbies in it yes oh i forgot about um, that yeah 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 but the thing was is what uh, when i was trying to remember what happened in this episode i was like i'm going to sit down and try and think about what happens in this episode and i thought it was just me not remembering their storylines um, so again, this start part of the season, they weren't handling them very well. They did much better later on, but I thought I was just being a really bad fan and not remembering any of their storylines, but it just turns out they don't have any. They don't have any, which is probably why yeah. I like this episode quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is very curt and like, heavy on both sides, yeah, um, which is fascinating, absolutely. but, um, I, yeah, there, we, we talked quite a bit about the newbies in the, in the first podcast, um, but you know, they weren't handled greatly. At least I personally don't think so. Um, but they do get better as they go on. And yeah, they definitely get better. I still, as, but there's small parts of me that are still sort of like, why did you get featured in the breakup episode? Because at that stage, like, why? Anyway, that's a, that's the conversation for you guys to have during breakup episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, you guys can talk about that later. We don't yeah. have to do that here. So, um, so the episode opens um, <laughs> with everybody wants to rule the world. Um, here's my thing, and maybe you guys can talk about this a little bit more than I can. Thinking about this war, this particular, not the montage. Well, we won't talk about that in just a second. But the actual song. Why is Blaine singing this particular song? I guess it kind of ties into the fact that he later goes on to run for class president. I didn't have an answer. I was just seeing what you guys. No, no, yeah, no. I hadn't thought about it. I was just like, that was literally the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, well, he's he's become the new Rachel, so he 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 he's already familiar with being a front man, from being the the voice of the warblers and everything like that. And he was kind of put in the background for much of season three until he actually kind of fixed things with Finn. Even then, he wasn't really the front man. So now he's like, it's my time to shine. It's my time to kind of like take over and take on the world and everything like that. So I'm thinking that's kind of ties into why, because it's his turn to be Rachel, basically, to be (laughs) the one who's in the forefront who's taking over the school, who's taking over Glee Club, who is in this position of, I don't want to say power, because he does a lot better job of actually sharing the spotlight than Rachel ever did. But, (laughs) sorry, Rachel fans. Sorry, but he does. And, you know, this is him like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be top dog again, because he felt really out of place. In season three, because he wasn't the front guy. He was just basically Kurt's boyfriend. And now he's at the school and he's still Kurt's boyfriend. But most everybody who knew Kurt is gone. So he has to find his new person. So he's like, well, I'm going to rule the school. (laughs) And he does that by joining... Like what? Every single club ever. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about these clubs a little bit. Well, no, first let's talk about the performance. Um, you know, this is really a season. I think Blaine gets something to sing. I think every episode except for one or two. Um, wow. And it's really, a, you know, people talk about Duke 
jukebox Blaine, and I really yeah. kind of see that more as a season three thing. Um, not even season two. I will get. I think Blaine actually gets more to do in season two in some respects than he does season three. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, here's he's singing more here. But I think that his songs are more relevant in general to his yeah. character, and it's really okay. kind of cool because I I think Darren always does a fantastic job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. I'm probably going to get hell for this. I like this song. You know, if you've been listening, how much I love Darren Chris. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you guys both Darren Chris fans? Do you like, kind of like this guy? I don't, I, I don't know why. Uh, I'm kidding. Go like, ahead. <laughs> like, you know, I love Darren Chris, but this is not the best cover of the song. I'm sorry, it's not. Like, if you listen to the Lord cover or the cover they put in Bioshock Infinite, better covers. I'm sorry. I love you, Darren. Please don't hate <laughs> me. This is a good song. You do a good job. It's just, it lacks the punch after I hear it. Like, especially the Lord cover. That If you've ever heard her cover of Everyone Else Through the World, that's amazing. So hearing this after that is just like, it's a good song. It's a good cover. It's just not... The best anymore. I'm That's sorry. okay. <laughs> well, it's so funny because my first thought, and you guys can correct me because uh, I don't follow Darren as much as I follow Chris, but um, he would probably agree with you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he probably would. But Darren's <laughs> very self-depreciating about his own work. I, it's kind of funny. I feel that way actually about um, this is going to sound kind of funny too. I, about Piano Man in season five, I actually think they it did they did a little bit better of a job in the season one with uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Matt Morrison. Yeah. Because, well, that one was live. They they were just singing that one off the off the cuff, I think. But I mean, later on, I mean, next episode we'll talk about Teenage Dream and that being one of the most fantastic oh. things that they've uh, done. So <laughs> we love Blaine. This is a Blaine focused <laughs> podcast right now. Obviously, we love well, we love Darren. I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't heard either of the covers that you're talking about, and I think, oh my god, Lord Lord kills it any song that she sings. Seriously, so, do um, favor. go find more covering. Everybody wants the real world. It's like really slowed down and powerful, and it's just amazeballs. And I say this is not a fan of Lord, but I it's been used in so many fan vids that it's just uh, so good. And well, see, because I'm coming from that that point of view where I haven't heard that, I'm like, yeah, this is this is fine. This sounds good. Um, but yeah, that's that's me being bi- uh, biased. Darren fan but if you say I, I mean I agree it's probably not my favorite song that Blaine performs and when you kind of no, list it, his it, solos it's, in it's my not. when you list all of his solos I feel like this one sometimes gets left off so I just forget about it mm. so not that it's forgettable it's just not the best one that he does oh yeah he oh, and he does fine job here I mean it, it does it works for the scene that it it, it, it goes oh, over yeah. so yeah um speaking of these clubs let's talk about these a little bit uh a Dungeon and Dragons role-playing oh my god that's the first Motherfucking sorcerer. Well, okay, that's okay. And then there's um, th- that was the first thing he signed up because I'm kind of like watching these in order. Um, yeah, yeah, the first one that we that's see though, oh well, no, there's the sewing club. He's gonna sew, maybe. Well, that that ties in because he makes his kitten boy costume, he makes his nightmare costume, and he makes those puppets. So that actually has ties in to later on the season. I support well, Blaine being in sewing club. The one the one that caught my attention is that the very first shot that you see of him standing in front of that board. He moves his head slightly, and the first club that this, the club that you see next to his head is the bipolar club. Oh yeah, and that just that just 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 like it blew my mind mainly because I mean we most people have had canon since, especially after what happened in season six that Blaine did have some form of depression, um, 
and some have, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, we talked about, shoot, I don't, again, I don't remember if this is something that aired or not yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I always feel bad about this because I do these so early in advance and I don't listen to them as they come out. Um, That we were talking about different types of depression and how I'm not, first of all, I want to preface this with I'm not a psychologist and I'm not in any shape or way to be um, diagnosing anything. So just a disclaimer, but uh, Blaine seems to have some kind of chronic depression or ongoing depression where Kurt has had situational depression um, and how those kind of depressions are, are different, but still, you know, valid and real kinds of depression. But with Blaine, um, a lot of people have commented on how Blaine has been depressed for a majority of the series, actually. So, well, yeah, I mean, this this, uh, this comes mainly from reading too much fan fiction, and I will I will preface this, but I mean, there were a lot there was a lot of fic that came out after four or four aired. As I said, it happened. There was a hiatus. Bad things happened, so we had to fill the gap somehow. So this was the you know a very prevalent I will say headcanon at the time that that Blaine had some form of depression and and the 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 reason why he cheated was it was kind of in a, a manic depressive episode like that was one example of something that I saw quite a few people run with and I just found it to be really interesting to then see this in that episode you know the episode before this all happens so I, I, the reason why I noticed it because I pointed it out to myself at the time like it was on my own it was on my blog and I, I just took it as a you know, oh my god, this is a Glee joke. Glee has bipolar because they can't decide what they want to do. And well, I don't know whether it was on purpose, but it was it was interesting nonetheless. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Going in a different direction a little bit uh, is the superheroes. And this is interesting. It's the Sidekicks Club that I find fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I, I I realize that this kitten boy thing will eventually like evolve to Nightbird, but. But it's the sidekick, and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I finished reading all the other ghosts again. But um, oh. <laughs> it just made me think of that. <laughs> and and how in that story, it's interesting because um, she wrote God. No, well, the sequel to it was written after season four. But um, you know, one of Blaine's struggles in that story uh, is um, how he identifies as an individual and not as somebody's sidekick. Um, so I just think it's an, an interesting. This was obviously written before that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Rangers, I could predict the future. I know. Oh, she. Yeah, there are some things in there that are very like, how did she? Yeah, oh, yeah. But anyway, okay. so sidekicks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's of course the uh, the Dungeon and Dragon thing where he's dressed up as a wizard, which you know may or may not be called back a callback to something else that Darren might have done. Oh. Um, <laughs> 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 um, what is with the all of the dancing on the stage? Like the when he's singing a song and he's actually on the stage, and they're all like in costumes dancing around him. I, I, I'm not sure what that is, but it's really fascinating and interesting cinematography. Yeah, and they actually cut one club out because I remember when it was first airing, there was pictures of like some weird zombie survival yeah, club because he was like on a table with like a lamp <laughs> in a white <laughs> with his bow tie, and we never got to see it in the actual episode. I'm like, no, no, what what happened to that? <laughs> I don't. Oh, I, I, I just quickly want to come back to the the kitten boy thing because I remember this being pointed out, and I I I'm no 
expert on Batman lore at all, but there was a really interesting um, parallel people drew because, of course, Kitten Boy is sort of like the Robin, the sidekick. Um, and then at some point during the the, the series, the, the Batman series, um, uh, I think it's Dick Grayson who's Robin at the time, he becomes Nightwing because Batman dies. And it's kind of like... And then he becomes, becomes Nightwing Batman. to gain his independence from Batman. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. And, so I know. And so I know. Course, yeah, that's just fascinating. And I don't know anything about it. So I'm just going to let you guys talk. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, yeah. So, you know, you've got Kitten Boy. And then, of course, Blaine becomes Nightbird after he's broken up with Kurt and sort of become an independent, as you say, become sort of independent from him in the same way that um, Robin becomes independent from Batman. And I just found that to be really, really interesting beyond the really cute kitten boy costume. So that's really cool. I mean, and it all ties in with this, again, season four is all about Blaine being an individual and being a person. And of course, you know, you know, without Kurt there and, and whatnot. So that's really cool. I, I just have to wonder before we move on, how much do you want to bet Darren took one or both of those costumes home with him? So. Nightbird, yeah. yeah. I hope so. In because, Patreon. come on, he, he, like, Pam and I have talked about this before. He totally just backed a truck up and loaded it up with as much crap as he could. Because <laughs> he had a little couch. So, yeah. That's true. He said, how did he get the couch? So... <laughs> Yeah, my bet is he has that Nightbird costume. I heard so. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't think about that. Yeah, did you see all the junk that when Leah and Michelle came to visit, yeah. they were doing that it's thing? Yeah, it's tried. Oh, I love that. How relatable. <laughs> okay, so, um, and one other thing I want to point out with the scene, though, is the um, the Skyping stuff with Kurt mm. and... Um, we all was in popcorn. <laughs> oh, my that goodness. Was the and best. then, like, Kurt eats the popcorn, like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> They're hate-watching Treme. I've never watched Treme, but I don't really want to now that I've seen Kurt and Blaine, you know, like. I don't know what it is. Every time I see a DVD, I don't know either, but every time I see a DVD of it, I, like, have this little moment of, like, Kurt and Blaine used to hate-watch that. Kurt and Blaine used to hate-watch a whole lot of stuff from the impression I got. Um, (laughs) It's really sad that that's the only thing that, he says it's the only thing that's on there, that um, they're on the same page about. Yeah, because they're trying to act like their relationship is still normal, that it's still like when they were there because they just hung out and watched reality TV together, and they're just not acknowledging the fact that it can't be the same anymore. It can't be like it was, and they're just not talking about the stuff that's going on and the fact that things have to change and they can't hold on to the way things used to be. Well, and, and you know what I just thought of just now? Um <laughs> That this little montage is before Kurt goes in and has the Vogue.com interview. So this is Kurt still has quite a bit of free time in New York yeah. to to spend and, and Skype with Blaine. Whereas once he gets his internship, and it's really going to rocket um, off into New York future land. And oh, Blaine. Um, oh. So this little <laughs> montage wraps up with uh, McKinley High School needs you to be president. Um, and uh, Brittany Pierce has written her name in crayon, and uh, <laughs> Blaine signs up, and and Brittany's world is totally rocked. I'm like, what are you doing, Blaine Warbler? <laughs> Can I just say, I I, I kind of can't stand the fact that they're still calling him Blaine Warbler. Oh, really? Because that's like I feel like that's foreshadowing, though, that he's still like not 
completely like he's been around. He's been at McKinley for a whole year, and they're still calling him Lane Warbler. Like yes, that, yes, you get me. Yes. He doesn't. He all last season he was still kind of Lane Warbler because yeah. he wasn't. It just makes me feel he, like he's really not part of McKinley. He's not part of the new directions, and I don't think he becomes an official part of it until he steals back that statue. Yeah, and that of course that's the episode where um, Hunter, so Hunter literally says like he they still call you Blaine Warbler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and it just know. it reinforces the whole I'm so alone, you know, part of this episode that he's still thought of by well, at least Brittany, but I'm sure by other people in the club as Blaine Warbler. He's not ever really been a part of the club, and that was something he fought against all last season. And he's still fighting. Yep. Oh, to be a part of this club, this school, and yeah, basically until he goes and steals back their statue, and I think it's dynamic duet. He's really not a part of them. Yeah. Or so literally, he literally like he gets rid of the warbler. Like he says no to them. Yeah. As you say, gets rid of the like turns his back on them, and that is and, and nobody at McKinley or in New Directions really gets that. Right. I don't think. Because Finn's like, you're the part of the group that makes us gel. You're the biggest part of that because of all the gel. Ha ha. It's not funny. But <laughs> nobody really tells Blaine, you're one of us. Because they're still calling him Blaine Warbler. And mm-hmm. I think I think that affects him more than he lets on. But it, I, it, does, it just irks me. Izzy gets me. Um, <laughs> not to not to disagree, because I'm not really disagreeing with you or anything, because I, I do agree. Uh, I also think that Brittany is kind of a special case where, yeah, I mean, she's true. calling you sure, yeah, shady, she's, so. She's the one that called in that, really. But um, but no, I, I do think you have a very valid point there. Um, uh, just for a second, because you guys have both mentioned earlier that you want to take a second and um, really appreciate Isabel, so since I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and let you guys do that for a second. <laughs> Even though we talked about her in the in the Kurt stuff. Um. Well, actually, quickly before we move on, it's just a quick aside. When he was writing his name, um, having seen quite a bit of Darren's handwriting recently, especially with the your the um this time stuff, I appreciate that he takes the time to even make different handwriting for Blaine. Like he's like I don't know whether it was just for this moment where he's like he's writing Blaine in cursive, and we you know you've seen Darren's handwriting; it's not cursive. So I don't know whether that was just for that moment, but. I just appreciated it as something else he tried to do to like distance himself from being blamed. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but his writing at the time could have been cursive. I don't know, but oh no, I'm sure it was a, a choice. Like, how would Blade write his name? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, these are the things that Darren thinks about. Like, I just you know makes me happy. But yeah, sorry. Let's talk about it as well. But yeah, just for a second, because I, I mean, we, like I said, we did do the Kurt podcast where we talked about her a lot. But you guys both said you just wanted to take a moment and appreciate this though <laughs> as a character. So I'm I love her. Yeah, I think Sarah Jessica Parker did such a good job, and I was so sad that she did not come back Didn't for season five. Yeah. I want more, no. more, more. Well, I mean, I said before I thought they would go in that. There was a period of time when I thought they would go in that direction with Kurt going into fashion. I think part of the reason why they didn't was because either they couldn't get her to come back, or they just didn't think it would work anymore. So it made sense to leave that storyline behind. Yeah, it's very much a season four thing, kind of like how Kate Hudson being Kathy July and Brody and Adam and all. It's just all you know, about Brody. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we didn't, we barely talk about Brody in the in the New York side. We have no reason to talk about him here. <laughs> so, um, 
That was one of the benefits of watching this episode with the New York side muted is that I didn't have to listen or pay attention to Brody. Because <laughs> I, it, it's just, whatever. I don't care. Although I will, I mean, I did watch the whole episode. I will say the scene at the very end with him and Rachel is like super cute. Where she's talking about that love letter that she corrected the grammar on. I thought it was really adorable. But uh, they can they can have their moments. But I think what happened at the end sort of ruined it. Mm. Anyway. Um, getting back into the presidential stuff, uh, <laughs> Brittany and Artie, um, like are going to be their, their opponents. And, um, I just want to say, um, something I noticed just when the, cause the Brittany and Artie stuff goes on, there is a couple making out in the background the entire yeah, scene. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Ugh. I mean, nobody wants to see that. This isn't there this week to call them on it. Well, I mean, kind of and Sue is apparently this. not paying attention. Because Sue at least got on the, the straight couple's cu- cases. Yes, all the things that made me mad about season three are kind of still happening at the moment. Like, let's have the random, you know, hetero couples making out in the background. Because we never did that with the... I'm, I was still probably really upset about what happened in Tongue Tied, but I'll never get over that. So. Oh, that's okay. Oh, did you... Because I did I... This week was... No, I just I finished editing it. That's what I did. Yeah, next week... When I released the Proms National podcast, um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You will no, know. I'm still, I'm still like, it's been however many years and I'm still salty about it. Like I, I said, yeah. I, I think I, I don't know if I said it in my blog, but I know I said it on the podcast. It's one of the very few things that I'm still really annoyed about in general. But yeah. Like I've let go of most other things. I think it and previously on Christmas are the two things that I probably never Really let go. I mean, I get what they're going for with this whole, like, it has to be, like, high school. But you know what, though? I went through all four years of high school, and I never saw anybody, like, passionately making out in the hall in <laughs> big classes. I, so, whatever. I don't know if other people's There are secret but... spots in a school you go to do that mm. where you don't get suspended. Exactly. <laughs> do it in the, you know, bathrooms or wherever, but not in the middle of the hallway. So, whatever. Underneath the staircases, people. Underneath the staircases. <laughs> Ugh. And I don't know. I mean, even Finchel never made out like that. I mean, so I don't get the. Well, there, there was one. It was in hot. They're in the in the corridor, but then there's Santana pulling this like. I just remember because I remember her face. It's like the greatest face I've ever like ever. She just pulls this face like, "What are you doing?" I think that's the only time. There's also a, a um. There's a bunch of different clubs uh, that have posters up around, and one says the Fashion Club, and I just thought that was interesting. That there is a fashion club. But did Kurt start that? Or is it just now that he's gone that they, you know, the tadpole gays took over and. I love that there's so many like geeky options for clubs. Now that it's not just Glee sports AV club band. Yeah. And this, but there's still somehow. No, not not so much in this season. But I know Sue still tries to push this whole. Oh, Glee club's not popular. Especially in this episode because she talks about the two presidential candidates being part of the glee club. But like with all of these clubs and some of them being a little bit more nerdy than others, you'd think they'd finally be able to let that go. And I guess they sort of do eventually. We get the scene where it's kind of the, the uh, a group choir scene and, and Will's talking and he's talking about the fact that he has no ideas, which is kind of, I'm like, dude, this is your third year <laughs> of teaching, fourth year of teaching. And you're already out of ideas. I'm sorry. Fail, but whatever. I mean, I get that, but like a lot of teachers kind of hit that wall when they hit year 24. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not year three. Not, yeah. So, okay, well. I did appreciate them breaking the fourth wall like 
in like five sentences so much like fourth wall what fourth wall right yeah they did that a lot in this episode they did a lot in this season and it was probably one of my favorite parts that they were just constantly like no we don't we don't care anymore there there is no they were admitting their own continuity issues no and it was kind of like that doesn't make them go away but i still appreciate them (laughs) i also really appreciate Brittany saying um uh, you know what, I'm going to say something and I have was paying no attention to you because I don't listen to you. And she just goes and, and so does her own thing. Um, <laughs> um, and I just think it's funny because I think a lot of this season, you know, Will is not there and Finn is going to come in. And this group of kids, like a lot of people have met it before, um, that this group of kids is not attached to Will. Um, it's attached <laughs> to Finn. And they do their own thing and they do it together. And it's a different group even before the newbies get really integrated into it. So anyway, so we get um, Brittany announcing the presidency and therefore Blaine is going to, you know, Blaine is also a a candidate and he's like, it's about the best ideas, not who's popular. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's totally a popularity contest, Blaine. I'm sorry. It's always a popularity contest (laughs) high school election. It, it Like, yes, they're going to remember that last year Brittany sucked and she had no good ideas and she didn't do anything because they bring it up about five times in this episode. But it is a class. It is a popularity contest. You are very naive if you think otherwise. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It's OK. <laughs> um, I do like, though, that. um It's in- Brittany and Sam. They don't their relationship. I don't think starts for a few episodes, but. They're, they're getting closer and they're becoming friends. They were friends um, in the Brittany 2.0 episode. Um, I find it interesting that she is the one to bring Sam to blame. Oh. And- <laughs> uh, Blaine's, Blaine's all like, we've met. Oh, my God. They're just the way that it, oh, I will say, though, um, it was really interesting rewatching it. Um, last night when I was that uh you know Blaine and Sam have this moment at Blaine's locker and then they actually they have quite a few moments at Blaine's locker throughout the season the one I remember most of all is of course the one in um dynamic duets but there's another one I think maybe it's at Sam's locker with the later on when Blaine's having a crush on him they just um I don't know it just made me like really think about what's coming again I'll try not to but at the same time it's like these two guys like this is where it all starts for them and then I, like their last scene is in a locker room um I think in it is in the last episode the last the last um blam scene is in a locker room uh, yeah I don't know it just made me happy that's all yeah I, I was watching it I was kind of like wondering at this point where it's like yes Brittany we've met like, what is their relationship like? Because Blaine almost comes off kind of cool about Sam. Because, like, I know they had their little dust-up last season about Sam's stripper moves. And then they got okay, they got over it. And, like, Sam was living with Kurt. So it wasn't like they weren't <laughs> seeing each other. But it's like, Blaine's like, yeah, okay, it's this dude. I don't really, you know, like, they're not friends at this point. And I don't know how Blaine feels about Sam, but it's not just like okay he's this dude he's in glee club i get along with him but you know that's it he doesn't just doesn't know what to do with sam or what to make of him at this point and it's just it's great to see it come from where we started to like the end of the series where they're best bros i have a question for you guys um i talk about a lot with kurt about how he likes to be 
in control of things and how he is more comfortable when he is controlling the situation. Do you feel that Blaine is a certain, uh, if that is one of their similarities, that Blaine likes to be in control of things? So, like, you know, he likes to, like, that's, you know, the hair gel is, like, a control of his hair. But, like, also he is in running his own election, and he wants to pick his own, you know, um, uh, running mate and wants to can do this election the way he wants to. Um, and Sam, like, Brittany's intrusion of that just feels like an intrusion and maybe it's not necessarily about Sam, but it's mostly like, you know, him wanting to be in control of, of his situation. You remember Blaine taped down spaces for their office in New York, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. This Blaine. Yes. Totally. Totally. <laughs> totally wants to be in control. <laughs> like that, like, that is a definite. Yes. But, like, how much of it, I just, you, just bringing that up, like, how much of it is about trying to control external factors to in, control the internal factors? Like, I always feel like, I don't know, maybe, I feel like Kurt's sort of the opposite. Like, he's always in control of himself, where things happening around him that he's not no, got no control over, things keep happening to him and he has to react to them. Whereas with Blaine, he's trying to control everything around him, whereas everything that's happening on the inside feels sort of out of control. Oh, I Ooh. like that. I haven't really thought about that, but that's a really cool okay. idea. That literally just came to me as I was talking, but. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> you. I was just like, hey. Wait a minute. Theme. No, awesome. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's why I love doing the podcast. I'm always coming up with something new. So awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. Let's... But yeah, it does. Feel, honestly, it does feel like because a lot of things, a lot of things happen to Gert. I feel almost like he's constantly reacting to things happening to him. Um, so I guess that's why I would feel he would want to have control over himself. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So, but yeah, we get this, um, we get Sam pitching himself, which is kind of sweet. And, and Blaine kind of just like, fine, we'll, we'll try this out and see what happens. <laughs> He's not impressed at all. You're right. But, but, I, but it'll give him the straight guy vote. <laughs> which cracks me <laughs> up. <laughs> like, uh, wouldn't that be like 99.9% of the vote? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. This is addressed later on the episode, but where it's like, yeah, we just randomly decided to have a, you know, a VP race as well. Like, where was this last season? Oh, I know. That's a good point. Yeah. Why wasn't, where weren't there race presidents? That would have been so much fun. But, like, my my experience with student government is usually, like, there's a president and usually, like, a treasurer and a secretary. Yeah, and I've never known to be, there to be a vice president. We had a vice president, but it was really a format. I just was just to have one. <laughs> you know, yeah. There wasn't really anything. Yeah. Not that our student government did anything. I. Yeah, no. That was one of my <laughs> points for later on in the episode. It's like, what really do they do other than hit a bunch of committees for dances and events? That's pretty much like, it. <laughs> I, I don't but, know. And like, it's the same, like Brittany last year did the one thing which they keep mentioning, but really, <laughs> what does Blaine do this year? Like, after this episode, does him being class president matter or get mentioned or have any influence on anything that happens in the school? I don't know yeah. about the school, but he does do the, like, they, they're having a meeting at the beginning of the Sadie's Hawkins dance one. Yeah, and like, that would be something the president would typically do be in charge of events like dances. But, you know, he didn't really do much other than these things that, you know, he did more than Brittany. But, 
it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, not that I think of it, I'm trying to, like, do they even remember that he's the president in, in season five? Because the president is supposed to plan prom, so that means that Blaine planned that prom in season five? I, you know? I think they're supposed to at least be on the prom committee, yeah. But... <laughs> Like, I think they mention it when they had the whole stupid who's going to be valedictorian debate, and then it came down to it's going to be Blaine. Oh, that's true. <laughs> because <laughs> he was, like, the third or the second highest grade point average. And oh, when Artie sorry, guys. Could... It feels like things are just sort of handed to me sometimes. Oh, uh, no, we're not oh, going to start goodness. on rant with that, because I actually will. Okay, no, so, no, no, yeah, we won't. Right. we got to stay with over. this. <laughs> we're going to stick right. over. We're not going to touch that. We're not going to talk about well, episode three of season, episode, season five, then I'll rant about it, but not right now. <laughs> so let's get more, uh, but let's talk about, um, you know what's also interesting? I didn't really think about it. Again, this episode's about makeovers, and Blaine's going to give Sam a makeover. <laughs> I mean, let's talk but, but about that. Like, but it feels like Sam's the one that gives Blaine the makeover, really. True, but mm. if we get, I mean, like... But at the beginning, yes, it's it's about Blaine giving Sam a makeover, yes. Yeah, there, he, Blaine okay. is, you know... Well, Artie is, like, coaching Brittany. Blaine is giving um, Sam, like, a fashion makeover. Yeah, it's, it, it seems Artie's focusing more on Brittany's inner self because her outer self doesn't really need a makeover, whereas Sam, he gets a bit of both, but it's mostly, here's what you're going to wear. Oh, no, now you're just taking it off. <laughs> okay. But, again, that's, that's Blaine trying to control external factors, and those external factors aren't cooperating with him. <laughs> <sighs> just start taking off shirts and I appreciated that though. Let's Sam. Yeah, it's like disturbing. It, it, like, he's a lovely man to look at, Corridor Street, but like I'm gonna just gonna skip ahead really, really quick. Like later they're like, Oh, aren't you ashamed of being a stripper? And he, then he just starts stripping. When earlier Sam was like, Well, my family's on food stamps and that'll get you a sympathy vote. That could have been the chance for Sam to show his big heart and say, like, look, I did it to support my family. But instead, they're like, let's have him take his shirt off and make it basically, oh, he's only worth his good looks, which will tie in later to the whole naked episode. And yeah, whole lack of Sam meta just fits right in there. No, Sam's worth more than his abs. Have him actually show his heart. At the same time, let's think about a bunch of high school students and are they going to be more interested in the sympathy yeah, that's vote, true, or yeah, I think that yeah. probably did get him more votes because it's yeah. half naked Sam. <laughs> I mean, so. think about the great. Yes, I <laughs> Oh, I was just gonna say, think about last year, Brittany promising topless Tuesdays. I mean, oh, Brit. <laughs> now, do you think it's interesting? I wonder when if this is like the start of Blaine, also not explicitly, but like this could be a place where Blaine probably started developing his crush on Sam because he's like here making and like having him take off his shirt and do all these things and I mean I'm sure Blaine at one point just stopped back and, and had to like appreciate um just a little bit I would but you know I hope so I mean he, he, he's a well apparent well he's a gay man and you'd maybe think so Although his again we'll probably get to this when we get to the debate part but his reactions to Sam are pretty pretty amusing he does not look very pleased yeah pleased about what's happening yeah because he doesn't get sam to take off his shirt sam takes off his shirt yeah and blaine's just like uh grant me patience <laughs> but but um there's one line like i already asked Brittany, like what's your favorite color or something and she's like filipino, filipino. and i'm like 
is is that a Darren joke or is that yeah, just yeah? That's what I thought too. I don't know. Like, I wondered, but yeah, I don't know. What I wanted the, what was I, that? I wanted the exact same thing. I was like, because they're really good workers. I was like, but but if Darren, well, I mean, I think Blaine Blaine's Darren's ethnicity, so that means that Blaine's half Filipino. Is that a Blaine joke too? Like who? Yeah, because earlier they'd already asked Blaine, "Were you even born in America?" And yeah, like, yeah. Are they trying to imply something? Because you can just come out and say it, guys. Well, I mean, t- <laughs> like, but take a look at the fact that they never let Brittany identify as bisexual. I mean... Yeah, no, yeah. we're not going to get into that either. <laughs> that is for another day, or no day. But, you know, <laughs> we did kind of go over that quite a bit, though, when we talked about um, blaming on the alcohol. So, okay. So, um, then we have um, the next Skype session that we, that is... God, this is like the worst scene in this whole episode. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. When he hangs up on him, it's pretty bad too. But I, yeah. This is oh, well, I guess, yeah, that too. But, um. Okay, this is where my paragraphs of notes turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me set, let me set the context first, okay? Yeah. So this is just after Kurt has done the video with Isabel and it, She's, you know, really happy about it because it's going to help her career. And he also gave Rachel a makeover. So Kurt's understandably very, very excited about all of this really awesome stuff that's happening in um, in New York. And so he's going on and on and on and on and on about it. Meanwhile, Blaine is kind of just being, you know, the attentive boyfriend and listening. And, and you know, he does make this small uh, gesture, gesture to Kurt about the ties because, like, hey, Kurt, I know you love fashion. Please help me pick out my tie, my bow tie, of all things. And Kurt is completely dismissive about it. And then we get sad thing. And then I am sad. So then I will let you guys talk. <laughs> Izzy, do you want to go first? Because like I said, I have paragraphs of notes about this scene. No, no, please go. That's fine. Okay. I'm um, intrigued to hear what you have to say. Okay, first off, I'm going to defend Kurt and say, he's like, oh, no, you look great in anything. Which I'm sure he meant in a loving way. But it's not what Blaine needed to hear. Because Blaine, yeah. yes, does. Okay, Blaine doesn't look good in everything. <laughs> he doesn't. But... You know, most bow ties, he can pull them off. He really, and, and, you know, Kurt is not trying to be dismissive purposely. He's not trying to be hurtful. Mm -hmm. There's my defense of Kurt. Blaine doesn't need help picking out a bow tie. Cooper's comments about Kurt picking out his close side. He doesn't need this help. He just wants that Kurt to take interest in his life at school. And, like, can you please just validate me? Notice me, senpai! (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, it, he doesn't need the help, but he just, he basically wants this interest and wants this input. And, like, Kurt, please, just, like, this might seem stupid, but, like, just take notice of me. Take notice that I'm not okay. And Blaine's just, like, this, Kurt dismissing him, this is just me headcanoning and, you know, being psychobabbly. But this doesn't not help Blaine at all because I think it kind of makes him feel very inadequate and insecure and Kurt just doesn't see that. But on the other hand, Blaine's also not saying, I need you to talk to me. I don't feel good. This is how this is making me feel. Yes, you have this exciting new life, but I'm still here. I still have stuff going on. I still matter, even if it's just stupid high school shit. But when you are depressed, it's very hard to assert yourself, especially when it can create conflict and then you downplay your problems like, oh, it's not that important. And 
So this whole thing not only is going to affect how Blaine feels about himself, but how, how he feels about their relationship. And it's just like, well, if my issues don't matter, then I don't matter, then our relationship doesn't matter. And spiral, 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 spiral. So, yeah, it's just a whole big depressive bomb. And, yeah, it's 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 just blatantly... Kurt is not trying to be hurtful. He's not trying to downplay Lane's problems. He just really caught up in everything that's going on, and that's fine, but he's not the best at noticing Lane is hurting, but nobody in this episode is. But Lane is also not saying, I need help. It's written all over his face, but no, but he's not verbalizing that, so nobody helps him except for Sam at the very end. So, yeah. Well, like, this, this, obviously, this brought back so many dance with somebody yeah memories but the thing the thing that got me about in dance with somebody it took blaine singing you know um what was it uh singing the whitney song for kurt to finally be like hey there's something wrong here like and and there's this whole thing especially remember in season six where you know he's told to say it not sing it like blaine does his best um expressing his feelings through song and and here he is trying to tell Kurt how he feels, and he and he can't make Kurt hear him because previously the best way that Kurt could hear him was through song. Well, yeah, metaphor. But I could think. he get a song out? Is the other point? Yeah, he, like... he, he can't. Yeah, and then of course, you know, the next time he's seeing that, you know, mm-hmm. barely breathing. But we were. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. But like, yeah, it, it, he's just, <laughs> he's just not good. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's just not good at what that was. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's horribly depressing, and I'm laughing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, we got to laugh. We can't, you know, the way you get through it. Yeah, and the thing is, this kind of goes back to what I've always kind of defined what was going on at this time period is that you know Blaine doesn't have enough faith in his relationship, and on the other hand, Kurt has too much. He, yeah. it's like he has a garden, and you know he planted all the flowers, and they're going to grow, but he forgets to water it, and it's like you you have to tend to it. He's just like, but it's there. It'll grow. It'll be fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. But yeah, no, you, you rain, have to. The rain comes. The rain will water them. It'll be fine. <laughs> and and this is the thing that I keep, and we talked about this a little bit in on the Kurt side, is that the unfortunate thing, how do I put this? It's nice to go back having the entire show behind you, having some years of, you know, after the show's <laughs> over to really reflect because fandom at this time was so tense and so divisive oh, yeah. that we couldn't have these kind of conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. there there are two sides to the story and they're both in the fault for different things. And there's a reason on both sides. I think actually, you know, despite the fact that the cheating was there and it's, you know, just like the bomb that they wanted to throw in there to make it like a, a cut and dry, you know, breakup, there are reasons on both sides why this wasn't working. And I think that Glee had done a very good job of when I look back at it, of, of mm-hmm. setting that up and showing that. And, um, yeah, they could have done more. They could have done a lot of things better or differently, but, um, there's still a really good story here. And, um, I just think it's really interesting to go back and seeing, okay, well, you know, Kurt should have been, you know, paying more attention and Blaine should have been speaking up more. And this is what happens when, you know, your significant other, is just in a different place. And I said this on the Kurt uh, podcast, which is now probably going to be redundant for the listeners, that, um, w- you know, when you're 41 and you're 42, 
it's the age doesn't make much of a difference. But when you're 18 and 19 and one person's in high school and the other one's in college and you're still growing and you're still learning about relationships and you're still trying to figure yourself out, it, there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be insecurities. And when it's the first time you're going through all of this, you don't have any way to navigate that. So that is my big spiel. <laughs> well, I think that the, the, the main thing that issue that I always had with the cheating is that it always never felt like Kurt took ownership for this, this behavior. And I, again, it, I mean, I've come to, to terms with it and all that kind of stuff, but he, he didn't, he didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Like he didn't actively seek to ignore Blaine, but at the same time, I always felt like he should have just been like, Hey, yeah, I should have paid more attention to you, but it was never fully addressed in Canon. So it just kind of, it's something that I, I always kind of wish it's one of the very few things I think I wish it had happened. Yeah. I, well, and yeah, I will mm-hmm. say that in season five it, and, um, he is a little bit, he is, well, he's much more attentive to Blaine in his actions than he was, um, like, in the beginning of the season or whatnot. Um, they don't ever let Kurt apologize, and that's his show thing. It's not something... Yeah, that's a show thing. Yeah, that's not a Kurt thing. Right. I don't necessarily blame Kurt for that. I think that it was, they could have written a lot of things better. I like to believe that it happened. And, like, as you say, in season five, like, they have, there's way more conversation. There's way more communication. So, especially when they're still apart. Cause they're still well, apart. and Blaine is still, I mean, Kurt is still trying to be supportive of Blaine in a lot of ways. He's still um, very much trying to do his best to make sure he's communicating what he can. And there's, it's funny because with a second breakup, there are still definitely issues that they haven't resolved. And But um, I, I do think that it is that in between the two breakups is a much more mature relationship than they had coming into yeah. this part of this, the series, if that makes sense. So did you did you get through your paragraphs? <laughs> uh, I have more for later on the episode. But, yeah, I'm just going to say, like, later on, Blaine kind of just rejects the bow tie, and that ties into the whole thing I'll get into later. But Oh, well, know, that's what we're getting that, into now, if you wanted to. Like, okay, because well, basically, it's just, like, Kurt's impact was so important to him. And him just saying, and like the bow ties were part of that. So him just saying, ah, screw the bow ties. That shows how important Kurt actually caring about this middly little decision was to him. Because he was there like fiddling around with it. And Blaine knows how to tie a bow tie. He's, he's doubting his decision about the bow tie. And he's probably doubting a lot of things going on right now. So he's there just trying to fiddle with it. It's like, did I pick the right bow tie? Did I pick the right bow tie? And he's like, shag it. Kurt doesn't care, neither do I. Well, actually, and, the seal comes along, though, and basically yeah. says, lose the bow tie, you'll be fine. And that's when Blaine is like, you know what, fine, I will. Yeah. So that, the thing that I found interesting was, Sam said, it makes you look up tight. And the sweater vest totally doesn't. <laughs> but it's more like, again, this is Blaine, like, trying to control you know, the hair gel and the bow tie. Like, he's just so wound up. It's just kind of waiting uh, you know, we're just waiting for it all to kind of explode in his face, which it does. Not in a good yeah. way. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry about that <laughs> joke. But yeah, no, the the bow ties and the hair gel and everything like that, it all ties into, I guess, Blaine's image of himself and his like happy place kind of thing. Because after the breakup, he says, I don't gel on weekends. And he stops wearing bow ties for he a lot of season four. Ties. Yeah. And like, 
in season six, after they break up again, he's not, he doesn't gel for one episode. And like, I think he's still wearing bow ties a lot of the time. But after this, this first one, the bow ties are a big representation of that. And yeah, this is the first step and it goes and it's basically if Blaine's not wearing his hair gel and his bow tie, something's not right. Do you think um, part of the reason um, from the outside, like non in story, part of the reason that Blaine is not wearing his bow ties is because Darren wanted a break from them? (laughs) Uh, Like, see, every time I see Darren in a collared shirt, like even a polo, he's got it buttoned up right to the top button. So it's like fit for a bow tie. So it can't be that it's too tight because that's how the man normally wears a shirt. And yes, I realize I pay too much attention to how Darren wears his clothes. But I noticed that. <laughs> well, getting um, back into the episode, there's the, um, we get into the debate stuff. <laughs> and um, yeah, let's talk about this because this is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sue mentions it's only Glee Club- Clubbers. This year, and I'm just like, yeah, you're right, because the jocks, aside from mostly the jock story ties in with the newbie story, mostly because Ryder and Jake are in the on the football club. But still, like the jocks don't matter this year. And like seasons one through three, the jocks were such a looming, large, antagonistic figure. And this season, they're like, eh, I would whatever. even say I would argue not even season three. I think that ended with the bullying Karofsky stuff. OK, true enough. Like any jock stuff was mostly related to Finn's story and even that got pretty much dropped after the first time but you know like season one and two especially with Zemo and Krosky the jocks were just this this big thing and even in season three Rick the Stick was running for school president (laughs) and like this year it's all Glee Club members so the jocks don't like the higher ups the more popular crowd don't really exist and like even the Cheerios play less of a role and unless the Glee Club people are in Cheerios. Well and yeah and that's interesting because even they try to try to bring that back a little bit with Brie in season five. Yeah but that's right. It's mostly mm-hmm. absent yeah. for season four with exception of Kitty. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forget I forget that Kitty was like a because the newbies weren't in this episode. I forget how horrible Kitty was. They are. Episode. I mean like they're sitting in the, the audience for this uh yeah, there's Molly. Molly gives Lana a hug at the end. Oh I know. That's sweet. Jake's there with two Two girls on each side or something. He puts his arms around them. Yeah. Um, speaking of, um, uh, um, Marley made me think of the new Rachel stuff. And it's something in my notes that kind of goes back and talks about um, something we were talking about just a second ago. To bring it, uh, an, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about Blaine as the new Rachel. And because I haven't been paying as much attention to Blaine uh, when I was doing my meta um, for season four, I, I wasn't noticing it as much. But now that I am, I am seeing it a lot more. And it's interesting because Rachel's story, like, she she gets herself a makeover, but she kind of, you know, it's, you know, she's trying to change her outside so that um, she can present something that she's not. And the bow tie thing kind of re- reminds me, I, I wrote that there's some interesting subtext here about Blaine trying to accept change, though he's kicking and screaming through it. And uh, that parallels what Rachel is going through. Yeah. I found it really interesting. You asked, like, do you think they cut the bow ties because Darren was sick of them, whereas Rachel got a makeover so she could basically just be in Leah's clothes? Yeah, that's true. Like, like, Rachel's makeover is blatantly so she can be Leah, whereas, I don't know, I think the the bow ties is a bit more meta because the clothing department on Glee, you gotta give them props. I think that was an intentional choice 
And, and I'm sure Darren didn't mind losing the bow ties because he always <laughs> complained about Blaine's grandpa preppy's chic. But I think it was more intentional than Darren was like, can we please lose the bow ties? Yeah. Well, and I think even with Rachel, I, I will defend it a little bit and say she is trying to be an adult. She's trying to show that she is an awesome New Yorker and she can do amazing things. And look at me. I'm just so amazing and awesome and adult. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying the particular style they chose is is Leah. Yeah, Leah. it's totally Leah. Like that, I have no problem with them making Le- her over, but the way they chose to present her is totally just this is Leah Michelle. And yeah. I, I'm so not I'm disagreeing so- with you at all. I'm just saying the style they chose that is the reason for it. Blatantly, I, I can't think of any other reason why they went with that style. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not until later where they get they, they they eventually get to a happy medium trying to balance the Rachel with the Leah but in season four it um it's very much just yeah and they actually walk back on it like when we get to naked um they they kind of go back to older Rachel but so yeah um we can go back to sorry I just like saw that in my notes I'm like oh wait we have to talk about that first um and then well well just just to say I wrote because I was paying it paying attention it's actually i think he's that she's having a conversation with Brody um when this whole thing about um your inside matching your outside comes up i think and then Brody says something like um oh i wrote it down but it was something like you know it's just your um outside catching up or something yeah we talked and, about that a bit in the on the other side but you know go ahead i would like to hear your thought yeah no no i, I just I, as i said like this episode sort of starts out with um you know blame giving um sam a makeover but it really turns out to be sam giving well, helping blaine a little bit because of course as we said sam's the one that tells him to lose the bow tie and he does lose the bow tie and um yeah just i, I don't know i don't i don't think i've fully like elucidated what i'm trying to say what, what i'm thinking but like whether or not blaine blaine's inside catching up or not i'm sorry if his outside's catching up on his inside but the, i feel like that more has to do with the fact that he doesn't know what his inside is yet and that again comes back to not really feeling like he belongs where he is mm-hmm. i don't know no that makes oh. a lot of sense yeah so yeah um uh getting back into the debate <laughs> i just want to point out sue's line of um you know them as the pimp and the gimp the pimp and the gimp <laughs> oh dear <laughs> and you know and Artie is so articulate and you know whatever and then as you said earlier about how um, uh, Sam just starts stripping and, and Blaine's like oh god <laughs> <laughs> and then we get into but then we get the, the presidential debate and Brittany and her like <laughs> I'm going to have school all year round <laughs> no weekends no weekends I just wanted to take a moment because at the time, fandom had this weird obsession with Stoner Brett. I just want to take a moment, yeah, take a moment to appreciate that he was in this episode and he walks out after she says that. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I do need to quote Blaine here. Um, He's like, telling anyone what they can or cannot put in their hair is disgusting. Uh, (laughs) It's the first step towards tyranny, my friends. (laughs) The next thing you'll know, they'll be start burning books. And then they'll start probably, they'll probably start burning people, too. (laughs) Oh, Blaine. (laughs) Let's end this tyranny. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of comes off as a drama queen with a bit of that, but (laughs) 
you can tell he's still damn sore about that hair gel because yeah. the hair gel is a part of his, I guess, his shield and his image. And having to strip that off and put himself in such a vulnerable position, I can see him still holding a grudge over that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And it's, like, kind of a legitimate one. Like, yeah, some people are like, oh, it's just hair gel. But it's like, no, because that is part of the control that we've been talking about, that Blaine holds over himself and his hair. And, yeah, I'm not as articulate as other people and talking about how that can relate into his race and everything and trying to control how he does his hair and everything. But that could tie in if you wanted to get into it. Just, like, no, yeah, he, that is a very important part of his image and important to him and how he presents himself. So telling him how, what to do with it, yeah, I can see him getting kind of bitchy about it and with good reason. But I think, but I think to most people who are watching the that debate, they don't maybe don't know the history, and so no. they're just kind of like, "Why is he talking about hair gel?" It seems like one freshman class, and that's it. Which kind of relates <laughs> later that it's the lowest voter turnout in the history of the school because I think only the people who went to the debate voted. Well, then, but then again, the Glee Club are at the debate, and yeah. except for the newbies, they would know what Blade was talking about. Yeah. So they say Honestly, the lowest voted. They say the lowest voted turnout, and then it turns out that Sam didn't vote, <laughs> didn't vote for Blaine. So it's like, oh, <laughs> and how many people did? Exactly. At least nobody stuffed the ballot box this time. Uh, so we get. I, I just want to point this out because the scene cracks me up. Is Sue on the intercom, and like Becky is with her little xylophone, and, she, and, and Sue's like, "Stop!" And then she says, "You know, okay." And the winner is, and then she. Cues Becky, and Becky just sits Can there. I have a xylophone for your flourish, please? And you're like, you're not feeling it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Not feeling it? <laughs> so disappointed that when Becky graduated, Sue did not give her a xylophone as a graduation present. Because that would have been funny as hell. Oh, man. I love that they let... See, because most of the time, especially now that we're getting into season four... The show moves so fast because there's so much to fit in it um, that they, they actually just let this breathe for a few seconds. This, jo- I mean, that ling- the stare between them lingers on for a few seconds before she's like, really? Not feeling it? And I was kind of surprised by that because um, we're getting into the era of everything moves insanely fast on the show. It, but it's strange because it moves insanely fast and then there are some things that just don't end. That's a conversation for your future podcast. Let's talk about the catfish storyline. No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. So, yeah, the, we get that. Um, I don't. Glee is so funny with its, like, we're going to leave you in suspense. You know, commercial. It's obviously a commercial break. And then they'll come back and, you know, they reveal that Blaine has done it or has won. But it's so funny when things that aren't really that necessarily, like, nail biters. I felt that way when they did the wedding and they're like, oh yeah. I was like, by that point, everybody knows. Like, this really need to be like after a commercial break surprise. Come on, Glee. Can you not cut that thing. Also, just, they're like, partying at breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even at school anymore. What, congratulations, Blam. Let freedom Let sing. Let freedom sing. <laughs> and I love that Artie is like, I don't really care if I lost. I got sugar on a date. <laughs> Oh, Artie. <sighs> Artie. Just, just as a quick aside, though, in, in the part where they announce where that Blaine has won, 
he's still not wearing a bow tie. Like he's like, I feel like I don't think he wears. I, I can't remember. I should have rewatched. I kind of part of me wanted to rewatch the breakup, but then I didn't. But I don't think he wears one any at any point in that episode. No, I don't like, think he does. Kind of, yeah, I don't. I want to say I don't think he wears one again until past dynamic duets, but I'm not 100 I'll have to watch for it. I don't exactly remember when he starts yeah. wearing again, but we'll have to watch for it. So, um, And if I somehow miss it on my podcast, you guys just like fill me in and be like, yo, you missed it up. Go back and redo the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> But, you know, interestingly, though, and this I'm going to point this out here. The show decide, I don't know what, you know, Ryan Murphy gets this, these obsessions. I'm guessing for season four, he has, like, this darker image in mind. Because, yes, after the breakup, a lot of people are wearing black. And that's purposely done because, you know, mourning relationships and whatnot. But the, the color scheme of this episode, of not this episode, of this season is really, really dark. And I yeah. know exactly when it changes. Um, it, it's going to stay really dark all the way until wonderful when Brian Murphy becomes obsessed with orange and everything's brightly <laughs> colored again and you get into season five and it's all really bright yeah, colors. Um, but yeah. yeah, even this episode, it's, it's a darker color palette that they're using. And, and I think you know, Rachel and Brittany, Brittany, uh, Brittany point 2.0 kind of felt the same way. So it's not just the characters and the writing. It's also the aesthetic of the season has changed as well. Mm. Yeah, everything is, like, darker and muted, and I guess they were trying to go for, we're a bit more mature and everything, but everything's also sadder and more dour and everything, so that all kind of plays into it. I, I, I forget, uh, this is a, just a quick season three thing, I forget, there was a whole thing about complaining about the lighting in season three, where everything seemed darker from a lighting perspective, um, and when I go back and rewatch, I kind of forget how much it's different because it, season four it is more muted but it still feels at least from a lighting perspective it, it feels lighter yeah i think you don't have to when did um oh what is the guy's name he's on twitter and he's always really really sweet fandom um oh Lucky? yeah didn't he come on in season four oh i think he did because that's like he was one of the tech guys and and in season four, they made an effort that the show actually be lit better. I think, it, interestingly, yeah. also, I think season four through six, everything's prettier. And I understand in season one, they were trying to make McKinley like this drab, awful place. So there is a lot of that grittiness in the actual cinematography. But by, you know, season four, it's kind of nice to like actually be able to see people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, if that makes any sense, but, you know. Mm. Um, okay, so when Blaine's talking to Artie, and this, oh god, this is so sad, because, you know, he's talking about, Artie's like, what does Kurt feel? And Blaine's like, oh, he's gonna just plan this whole inaugural ball, and he's so proud of me, and all these things that Blaine wishes he was really getting. Oh. Yep. And Artie doesn't notice that he's lying. No. Yeah, that's the other It's thing. written Again, all over Blaine's face. I am not telling the truth. I need help and nobody I'm sees. Not, and nobody helps him. And then Sam comes along. Again, that's like foreshadowing of what's to come. Because it really is Sam that helps Blaine through this whole time. And that just makes me really happy. Um, before we get into... Um, okay, so Blaine calls Kurt. Um, one thing um, that I, I wanted to bring up on the Kurt side... And I had completely forgot to prepare it, and I did it. So I feel really bad that this is not on the Kurt side. Um, but on the Kurt side, they're having that little um, dinner thing with um, or office celebration over um, 
in Isabel's office, and she mentions the last two, um, the last two movies that she had seen were a double feature of uh, two films called An Unmarried Woman, uh, which is a 1978 film, and um, The Red Balloon, which I believe is, I mean, I have it pulled up a little bit, I just don't know that it's older, it's 1956, okay, and these two films kind of interestingly fit within the texture of the story that they're trying to tell. An Unmarried Woman is about this woman who has this perfect, wealthy New York City life, and everything is shattered when her husband cheats on her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> we should have been paying more attention when this episode aired. <laughs> and um, interesting, The Red Balloon is about, it's a silent film with this um, kid and his red balloon. And he's having, you know, it's a, a really sweet uh, moment. With, like, this kid loves this red balloon. He goes off and he plays. And, and at the end, like, these these kids kind of gang up on him and they destroy his red balloon and it's kind of a um, among other things I mean there's a, I guess there's a lot of religious tones to this that I'm not going to talk about but um, it, it talks about the, the destruction of innocence and how this by the popping of the red balloon the little kid is no longer childlike um, which also fits more with Kurt's story of like when Isabel says you know oh I hope you never um, I hope you always retain that naive wide eyed optimism that you have and we all know that, well, his red balloon is going to get popped. So <laughs> yeah. this just makes me wish that that line was a little bit more like portable. Not going to lie. I focused on the fact that she talked about it being a double feature. And I, and I remember, you know, in for um, in I do where they talk about going to see a double feature. And I'm like, you guys didn't pay any attention to those movies. Yeah. Being, them being Kurt and Blaine, they talk about going to see Showgirls and something. I forget. Yeah, uh, All About but, Eve, which was what Showgirls yeah. was originally based on. Yeah. Which I did not. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's interesting there, and I hadn't even thought about it. It's interesting that nobody brought it up at the time. I don't think anybody did any meta on it, at least that I. I, said, no, but I don't think anyone noted. Like, as I said, it feels like such a throw, almost a throwaway line because slightly more depressing things are happening in the foreground that people aren't necessarily paying attention to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and it's interesting. Um, I, again, I wish I had brought this up a little bit in the Kurt stuff is that, you know, Kurt is there and he's having this great time. And, and it's interesting to watch these two plot lines together as a whole, because Kurt is so unaware and I, of what's going on with Blaine. And I think that's what makes Blaine's feel even more tragic is that yeah. Kurt is just so unaware of it. That, 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 that plot line is so unaware of the other plot line just makes everything worse. But then, you know, when you think about, like she mentions those two movies, and that, yeah, Kurt is, he is still in this childlike, innocent, you know, dreamer stage, and that's going to get busted in, you know. But he thinks he doesn't have to do anything because everything is going to be fine. And, like, and that's like that's partly to do with his own innocence and partly because he's been swept up in this new world and it's completely fine for him. But at the same time, especially when you know what's coming, it's like, oh, just just answer the phone. So, yeah, now we can go back to Blaine's side. I just wanted to, because like I said, I feel bad that oh. I didn't mention it up in the Kurt side of it. But I do, I do want to mention it just quickly, though, and that is like one of my, like the probably the worst cases of continuity ever, and that is that they used a picture from the breakup filming. On it's so Bone. funny. You want to hear something great? Um, Wow Bright, I believe it was Wow Bright, um, 
on the Kurt podcast, I love this hand hand cannon. She said um, that Kurt and Blaine at one point had dressed up like that, and when they were when I guess I guess they wouldn't know. I guess it doesn't work because they didn't. Well, anyway, I like the hand cannon. Anyway, that when they get to New York, um, they're trying to recreate something that night that they had done earlier when they took that picture. Um, yeah, the day they broke up, they're trying to recreate something. But then I realized that. Kurt doesn't know Blaine's coming, but I don't know. To listen to the Kurt podcast, she has really had can- really really great headcanon about it. Well, that just makes it even sadder. <laughs> to try to recreate something, and then there's the whole thing about what happens with teenage dream, and oh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it sadder, but yeah, do you, do you have to make it sadder? <laughs> we can try. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and the other thing that um, we mentioned over on the other podcast is that, you know, it's not, it's hard, especially being on Blaine's end, for him to just hang up. Uh, um, it's not, like, we don't know that Kurt didn't text him later. We don't know that, um, you know, how how good or bad, I mean, we kind of got hints of the communication itself, but, like, this moment here is not like they frame it to be this really, really sad moment for Blaine's end. But I don't think that Kurt is as cold and on, you know, like, or, how do I put this? Like him hanging up or, you know, dismissing the call right then is not the worst thing that he does, even in the episode. You know, he could have gone back and, and texted Blaine later and said, Hey, what's up? I've got all, and he probably went off about Isabella and this whole party or whatever. But, but when you flip it on the other side, you say from Blaine's point of view, this is kind of, well, the final straw is probably in the break of itself, but you know, this is one of those things where Blaine is just blowing up in his own head that Kurt is ignoring me. And this is another instance of Kurt is ignoring me, whether, you know, Blaine has justification for that or not is another thing, but that is what I'm assuming is Blaine is feeling. Yeah, well, like, he's there telling Artie, oh, yeah, I already called Kurt, but you can tell he hasn't, and he hasn't <laughs> tried, and the fact that he's already so defeated, thinking, oh, Kurt won't care, and I kind of, I don't know if you can get the feeling that he kind of knew Kurt wouldn't answer when he called or not, but he he felt he had to try, and the fact that he's already feeling so defeated and so like, oh, Kurt doesn't care, is just like heartbreaking. And I want to pull him into mm. the biggest hug, and just like, but like it's okay. But the like, thing is, is like, Kurt could have let the phone ring out. He like, instead, he actually like declines the phone call. Yeah, I think that that's what hurts. And especially, like, this this came up a lot. As I said, I, I I went back onto my blog to see how I reacted to this episode. And one of the things that kept coming up was, like, the, the not that it's technically counted because it didn't air it on TV, but for those of us in fandom who saw the box scene, one of the things that Blaine said was he was always going to answer Kurt's phone, look, Kurt when he called. And what does Kurt do? It doesn't pick up when Blaine calls. And it just, yeah, like, really Yeah, not even hurt. send text. At work, can't talk. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was like no, the deliberate, not- the deliberate declining of the phone call. I think that really. Yeah, happened. if he had just let it ring, yeah, him, like, like oh, he's at work, which probably still wouldn't have made him feel good. 
Yeah. Well, at least you could have, like, left him a message or something. Right. It was just why I said, I mean, we don't know that he didn't, like, ten minutes later. Yeah. But. I, assume, I assume he would have come back later and done it. But I think, yeah, at the time, it just felt like this big. It's the way the narrative is framing it. It's, it's yeah. You know, and it's it, it's interesting because Kurt does have a look of hesitation. He's like, okay, well, this is something that, here's my thing. This is something that he has to deal with and he's ignoring it. Is essentially, you know, Blaine is not on his list of priorities. And when at a time that Blaine really needs to be on his list of priorities, but he he doesn't know it. So again, he doesn't know. Yeah, that's what that's what so that hurts so much is that Kurt doesn't know how high on like that he definitely should have picked up that phone. Right. Exactly. Um, But yeah, like the other thing. So that happens with Kurt and. I think this is also where Blaine really realizes, I mean, he came to McKinley, you know, he said for himself. And at the time, you can argue that it was, but it was also very much to be with Kurt. And this echoes, you know, what happened in the Purple Piano Project. And then later when they reference it in in Dance with Somebody, like Kurt was, uh, Kurt was, Blaine was spending all of this time doing things for Kurt that in a way... And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. He stopped being Blaine as himself. Um, and mm. a lot of season four. Well, I mean, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like the thing is that he stopped being Blaine himself. But even at the time, I don't think the, the show had decided who Blaine was going to be. Right. Again, which so, goes back to my my comment about the writers taking issues with their writing. and making Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree with you. But at the time, it was kind of like, well... <laughs> We don't know who Blaine is yet, but we know he's definitely not his own person anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, and then so yeah. yeah, we get. Well, well, let's talk about you know this this Blaine and Sam scene. They want to be Wolverine and Cyclops. <laughs> Again, I don't know a lot about X Men, but I, from what I know from the film, they don't like one another. <laughs> <laughs> to put it in context, and and. It, this is really interesting because I wouldn't say either of them are either character um, as somebody no. who reads a lot of X-Men. Yeah, neither really makes sense in either role. But but Cyclops is this, like, you know, he is the leader. He is the... I, I don't think the movies do Cyclops very much justice um, because he, he comes off as, like, a, you know, something that's got to stick up his butt all the time. And <laughs> um, and he's not. He's actually kind of more of a badass Um good boy whereas Wolverine is the bad boy with a heart of gold type thing so they kind of it's, it's more of the dynamic of they, they complement each other they're different people but they complement each other um and they have different strengths and different weaknesses but they work as a team and in, in kind of a way and so I you can take that and relate it to Sam and Blaine but neither of them wants but from the way you've just described it, the two characters at least from the comic point of view both of them seem more like Cyclops to me, but they both want to be Wolverine. <laughs> like, neither of them are bad boys. Well, no, they're not. And neither of them are really, like I said, neither of them are really Cyclopsy either. Um, it's more of like, you know, Iceman and, and, and uh, Nightcrawler, <laughs> which nobody will get. But <laughs> just trust me on that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about X-Men, but I'll definitely trust you on that. Question is, which one is which? That, yeah, yeah, I never know. I sometimes I just talk. Okay, and I would say I, my first impression was that um, Iceman was more like Blaine, but Iceman's kind of goofy around, around and, and jokey, so it'd be like Sam. But 
Nightcrawler is this kind of debonair, like dashing, um, and sweet guy. So he'd be more. He would be more like Blaine. I think like Blaine would be like Nightcrawler, and Sam would be like Iceman. I'm totally okay with that because Nightcrawler is my favorite X Men. So there we go. We, we like if it's the if the um, X Men had uh, or if the Glee had X Men counterparts, who would they be? So there we go. Well, well, they do send in your Do-? ideas. I would they love do to read those. They do have Dr. Y later on. That's so true. Like... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, I guess because because Rainjoy, um, the author of all the other ghosts, did such a good job of making yeah. the Glee cast their own superheroes that it's kind of hard to disassociate. Um, yeah. So. You know, I just, just as an aside, you don't have to include this, but you were talking earlier about... Um, you know, Blaine shielding himself. And in my mind, all I was going was, shield skirt! And I went, oh. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever do end up doing that podcast and all the other ghosts, I'm like 100%. There. I will at some point. At some point, I would love I, to do it. Oh my, goodness, have, oh my goodness, you don't have to. But, oh, I should do my yearly reread. I, I feel <clears> bad that, like, I that is the one fanfic that I would really want to delve into because like, I kind of look at it as a piece of aside literature whereas most of the other yeah even my own included i will not you know like i feel are like they're fanfics and they're they're good stories and you can i just i feel like all the other ghosts kind of has its own um it's its own world and it stands on its own apart from glee very very much so um that there's a lot of interesting themes that she's very dense and complex and in her thematic issues that are woven through these stories um, I think it's very fascinating to to take apart, which I, if you didn't notice, I really like literary analysis. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, like, I know, never, never, never want to give actors fan fiction ever, but this is the one that I always want to be like, Chris, read this. Just, just read this. Because, like, I just feel like it, it, it kind of, like, kind of talks about all of the things that fandom is that somebody who's not part of it doesn't understand. Yep. And I just... I don't know. Sorry, I, I, an excuse to talk about it. Sorry, <laughs> totally okay. Um, I just feel bad. Like my only thing would be, I'm not talking about other people's fan fiction, and it's not that other people haven't written some amazing things because I've obviously read some just truly amazing things in, in fandom. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I'm still figuring out what I would do if I do it. If I'm going to do it on my own blog, as this, this TBD, I don't know. So, stay tuned. Something will happen eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right. So, getting back. Anyway, back, back to, back to the episode. <laughs> you guys are right about. Uh, it's interesting. Nobody, everybody's been talking about Blaine not being uh, visible, and and Sam is the first. Is is really the first one to say, "Hey, dude, you know, I get things are suck, but you're awesome. You know, you've accomplished this huge thing, but being the gay first gay president." And yeah, I just, I don't know. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> yeah. Sam's kind of just like, you have worth, you have worth outside of your relationship with Kurt. You've accomplished something really great and important. It's worthwhile. You should care about it. Everyone should care about it. Like, and Blaine desperately needed to hear this because Blaine is pretty desperate for approval mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And he needs to hear it. He wanted to hear it from Kurt. He probably should have heard at least some of it from Kurt because I'm just going to go right back to the first time. It's like, 
Kurt saying, I'm so proud of you, and Blaine saying, good, I want you to be. Mm-hmm. And that is just screaming all the way to here now. It's like, he needs to hear Kurt say, I am proud of you. And he's not getting it. He's getting it from Sam, and that's great, but it's not the same. Right. And we wonder why, well, I don't wonder why, but there's this kind of general, like, you wonder why Blaine kind of was attracted to Sam in the first place. Like, Sam's here and he's present, but he's also giving Blaine some of the things, even from this even from this episode, he's giving Blaine things that Kurt's not giving him. Mm-hmm. That validation that, that Blaine, and, and this is a, a Blaine character trait, I think it's something that is never going to go away, really, in a respect, and I think it is something that maybe they, you know, Kurt and Blaine will always kind of work on a little bit in the relationship, is that Blaine needs that validation. I think that, now this is jumping really far forward, because people are like, well, you know, how are they going to survive married life? I think that Blaine uh, having a wedding ring and having a symbol of that mm-hmm. is going to help his validation. Like, every time he gets, you know, go too far gone, he can still, like, look at his wedding ring and be like, okay, you know, we're in this, yeah. and he promises that'll help. That's my personal interpretation of it. Which makes me wonder if things would have gone better in season five, between season five and six, if Blaine had had an engagement ring. Yeah. I wanted him to have one well, so badly. Well, yes and no. I, also, I, I would suspect that after they get married, they go to a lot of couples therapy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my, But my, my um, season four, even though they both have issues going into it, Blaine is the one that does drops the bomb of the cheating. Season six yeah. is, is reversed. Kurt is the one who... It, screws it up he's it's his uh-huh. turn to really like it's not it's not a cheating bomb or anything but he prematurely jumped ship um when they could have actually sat and they fought, fought fought about it and get through things kurt just leaves before that can happen in in a, a naive attempt to preserve a memory um but like i always say that you know i don't want to say that one breakup is one person's fault and the other breakup is the other person's fault but um, it's it's more of you know who dropped the big bomb. Yeah, the who the instigate like the 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 factor that that broke the can, yeah the can, the straw that yeah, broke yeah, the camel's yeah, back. The, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you you talked about like how Blaine, you know, if he had a ring, it might have helped. Um, it's like a physical thing. It's kind of like in this episode where he loses the bow ties. Like he's lost all physical everything that's kind of made him well not everything that's made him himself but a lot of the things that we associate with him he's got nothing to kind of keep him together anymore like that bow tie was like kind of keeping him together oh and he comes undone when he doesn't have it yeah, yeah. that's good yeah it, and also like tying back to, to sam like, like sam's really the only one who sees like blaine's yeah. not okay and he desperately needed someone to ask him Hey, are you okay? And for him to be like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And it's great that we moved in the space of this episode. Beginning, as I said, he was kind of cool towards him. This, he's open and vulnerable with Sam to the point of like, you can tell him, no, I'm not okay. I feel really lonely. And I feel like I did all this stuff for Kurt. And I don't think he, I, I, I don't agree with him saying, oh, I just realized that I did all this for Kurt. No, no, no. that was obvious to me, like in the Purple Piano Project, that you did all this for Kurt, even though you told him you didn't. And they had the whole speech of it'll lead to messy, messy breakup. The horrible, nasty, messy breakup. Oh, yeah. But it's foreshadowing, man. Yeah, I think he's just kind of finally admitting to himself, 
I did this for Kurt, and yeah. now I'm alone. And, and Kurt doesn't see that I'm hurting, and that hurts more than anything. But it's it's an interesting thing uh, that I just literally kind of just occurred to me because the other thing about like Kurt went through, I'm assuming went through quite a lot of high school. Maybe not being okay with being alone, but was alone for quite a period of time, at least before the Glee Club came along, which is also, I think, why he can't relate to Blaine in this respect. Um, yeah, no, to, to add on to that point, something that I always kind of bring up a lot um, is that it's kind of, okay, so Kurt is an introvert, at least how I interpret him. He's an introvert who doesn't mind being alone in general. I mean, it's not even just that he was alone in high school, but which is, is a part of it, but his personality, he's fine going out and doing things on his own. Blaine, on the other hand, is one of those people who always kind of just, he always needs to have somebody there, likes to have somebody in the room with him, likes to, you know, um, just, you know, he, he's an extrovert and he, he gets his energy from, having other people to bounce off of. And that's part of Blaine's personality. And um, it's interesting that, well, I think that there is some uh, value in Blaine learning how to be not as, dare I say, codependent. I mean, I, I do think Kurt gets a little codependent too, but uh, like um, on this relationship, he's just one of those people who likes to be with other people. And, and he's alone. And it's not just Kurt. But he doesn't have any friends at McKinley at this point until Sam steps up. He doesn't, as we were talking about in the beginning, there's nobody there in his world. He doesn't even have, like, he has a brother who's in L.A. We know nothing about his parents, but he's virtually alone. And, you know, so now he's starting to get his own world built around him. It's not going to be as, you know, extensive as Kurt's already built up world, but he will start to have his own place in the sky, as they say. Yeah, I think too much time alone gives Blaine too much time to think and dwell and then spiral. And he needs to have, and yes, he he does need to learn to have that alone space and everything like that. Because that'll tie into the whole new New York being constantly in each other's space storyline. Like they need to learn to be independent and together. Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, he's probably trying to avoid being alone to because that gives him way too much time to think and dwell about all the stuff that's going on and that's probably another reason why he signed it with so and even says he signed up for so many clubs because it distracts him from the fact that kurt is gone mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's interesting i was thinking about the the thing with the wedding ring i, I mentioned i think for kurt late it's, it'll be interesting because like here's blaine learning how to be alone, and later on in season six and whatnot, I think what Kurt needed was a, a house with walls. I think the loft was just the worst. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he needed somewhere to, like, slam the door and, and be away. I don't know. It's interesting how they they're both have things that they need to navigate through. And this, this storyline is really just beginning. <laughs> so we got a lot of stuff to get through. But, um, but it is, I don't know. I, I don't know about you guys. As much as it hurts, it's still... Especially now that we're on the other side of the the ending of the story, very interesting to dip dip through and dig through and analyze and talk about and and look at and stuff. So yeah, like yeah. again at the time it was like this breakup is happening too soon. It doesn't make any sense. 
but you, as you say, you can go all, all the way back to season, you know, the Purple Piano Project and be like, no, there were definite seeds and they were sown like right here. And then, of course, the same thing with the first time. And Dancing with Somebody is the main one, but there are like, there's a lot of little moments that have happened that are bringing it, like careening us towards this happening. To don't, didn't want it to happen, but it, it ha- had to happen. I don't think it. Yeah, you really just want to bang their heads together and like mm. kind of even just get them say like, look, I have this job now. I might not have all the time in the world for you, but them having a schedule for the relationship didn't work out and dance with somebody. So it's no, probably yeah. not going to help here. But I think they have to acknowledge that they can't have the same type of relationship, but for that, they need to talk. And for that, you probably do need to trap them in an elevator like Sue did some of the time. <laughs> yeah. To, and like, just like didn't... talk to each other. Look, guys, I know what I'm talking about. I've been in this relationship with my husband for 12 years now. Listen to me. Communication is important. I know what I'm saying. I will say, though, I think that that kind of thing, I think it's a hard thing, especially for two 18-year-old boys. I I, I just think it's not something that comes natural, nor does society uh, give us, you know, I, I do think it people and kids and whatever you learn a lot about you know life from the world around you and there aren't a lot of things for young boys to really get a better understanding of emotional issues so even ones as mature as uh Kurt and Blaine can come off as um so try to be let me ask you this though um now that we're, we're kind of wrapping things up how do you feel about I mean Obviously, you, you, you still don't like the cheating, but can you see the, how the writers brought it from point A to point B of the, what's going to go on in the breakup? Ryan Murphy must have got cheated on. And you said that before, and <laughs> I've, I've agreed with you that... Yeah, yeah I have a theory about this, thing he was the one that cheated. I think he oh, was the one that cheated, actually. And he... Because he keeps writing... More so about the cheaters than he does about the cheated yeah. on. I think that the, the cheaters are always the focal point because, and I will talk about this in the breakup stuff. Um, the first season of um, American Horror Story, which was written before the breakup episode, has the couple almost line for line of um, similar of what Kurt and Blaine say to each other in um, in the breakup episode, where the guy is the one that cheated, but he's also like you know the the woman was playing, pulling away emotionally. And, um, and, uh, the guy's like, you know, I needed you to be there, but you weren't there. And it, it was, it was really, it was almost verbatim. And I was like, oh my God. But I think that Ryan Murphy must've had somebody leave him. And then he, he cheated on somebody and he's looking for, you know, like some kind of redemption or validation that he was okay or something. I don't know, but that's my take on it. I, I don't know. It, it, like, I still hate it. I will always <laughs> hate it. I will never, ever like it. But. That line does work for Blaine and his issues because, yeah, you're done with me, so mm-hmm. why shouldn't I go out? But it's just like, no, you have to remember what you said in Dance with Somebody. Tell me you're unhappy. Don't cheat oh on me. Oh, my God. That, that is the one. That was the part that I could never get over, the, that, that and, one line. That was the only. That was the part that didn't work for yeah, me. That like, was the part that kind of ruined it. But then like, again, I guess we've seen him. He's trying to tell him that he's unhappy. And he's not listening. Like, the, yeah, trying and he's not listening. I, 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 yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I've come to terms with it, but 
Yeah, I just wish the breakup had happened in any other way other than Blaine cheating. But as I said, well... I I really, like, yes, I said earlier, they needed to break up. It it, it had to happen. I don't think Blaine had to cheat for Blaine to grow or for this to work out the way it did. I think something else could have happened. And But, again, they had to kind of, like childhood's over and gaining back their trust and everything like that. Like That's all good. I just, you know, really wish it had happened another way. But I can't think of a way they could have done it and still had all that perfect development and everything. Yeah, because it it, it was trying to cut it off quickly. Um, Because they only gave themselves four episodes, well, three episodes to lead up to it. Because at the end, you know, the other thing that I guess part of the reason why they did it and I got this feeling, I don't know whether you discussed it in the on the Kurt side, but um it had they gone with the um uh Vogue storyline and saw that out, I saw that the character of Chase was like even at the time Phantom thought that that was gonna be the Kurt mid game. And of course it didn't happen because the Vogue storyline didn't happen. And then he went to Niata and Adam happened. The the main issue that I had with that was that they didn't even um they didn't even see that storyline out. Like you, you gave yourselves an opportunity to give Kurt a mid game, and you didn't even do that. Then what was even the point? We did talk about I mean, that a little bit. Not, not gonna lie, it doesn't. That doesn't bother me because I don't think um, that personally would have worked for me very well. Um, only because it doesn't bring Chase as any kind of sympathetic character to like completely be there from the beginning and like jump on this kid after he breaks up with somebody. But yeah, we talked a, a little bit about it, just how that it just felt a little like. Were they trying to really do this or were they not yet? So Yeah, that's I just wondered, yeah, like, because at the time, because he was a named character and I'm pretty sure he came up again in the breakup, that um, that line about, you know, is that your cutie or something or is he cute? Um, it just felt like that that was maybe where they were going with this, like this character was going to keep coming back because he had a name and we knew about him. But as I said, like they just, that was one of the things I think they they did this with with the breakup. I would say the main issue I think I had with it is that the show has dealt with infidelity before. And I don't know why, for some reason, it had to be this was the one time we're actually going to, like, fully go into it. Because every other couple had had some form of infidelity. But this was the time it was going to be a big deal. Like, why was it never? You know, and I will say this, and not to get too too much into it, because obviously we'll be talking about the breakup stuff in the breakup. Um, But um, I think that for Kurt and Blaine, just... If I can shortly summarize this in like a two minute thing, I think <laughs> that they wanted to make it a, a clean cut type thing and cheating yep. was the quickest way to do that, but yep. they didn't want to completely destroy the couple. And I think that out of all of the, like, if you look at Wimma, they're just a complete mess. And why is Wimma <laughs> even with him? If you look at Finchel, they have like a ton of different, like it, what I consider issues and, and I personally, as, as a lot of people know who listen to the podcast, think that their story is more interesting as a couple who meant something to each other in high school, but but have gone their own ways after high school. And Plus, cheating had been done within the Finchel story so many different ways. They didn't yeah. need to bring it up again. And, and then like, yeah. then you have Kurt and Blaine, which are the next couple, the next tier couple. And I think they, they I'm glad that they didn't get pushed to, I mean, they were never fully, I mean, eventually they were the A couple, but like 
they didn't have to suffer a lot of what the Wema and the Fintel couples had to deal with being the A couple. Because when you look at Sam Sadie's and you look at Britanna, which are, you know, they become the B couple, but they were earlier C and D, they get these kind of nice, you know, relationshipy moments and then they're forgotten about for eons. And that's what Clayne was getting before. So it's kind of this interesting mishmash of sometimes being A couple, sometimes being the B couple. And sometimes things are, you know, going to be dramatic and sometimes they're going to really work. And I think even though people complain about a lot of the components of it, we've got the best at both worlds within, you know, how Glee writes its couples. But that's just my two cents. I'm pretty sure that I started out saying one thing and completely ended on a different note. I'm very sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be this entire time. (laughs) You like, you come to an idea as you keep talking. I did. And I keep talking. It'll make sense. (laughs) I had That's a point me. when I started that. I'm sorry. I mean, I, 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 I had a point too, but I understand. <laughs> I just, as I'm like, wait a minute, I'm getting way off tangent. <laughs> like, <laughs> These are all conversations you'll have again, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, we've kind of reached the end. Was there anything that you guys wanted to hit upon before we, we wrap up the this particular episode? Blaine needs a hug. Blaine needs yeah. a hug. <laughs> Let's end with Blaine needs a hug. We'll give him a hug. Oh, but but uh, this is something I just want to. He gets a hug from Kurt in 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 the breakup, and then he doesn't get touched again until like dynamic duets, and it just makes me so sad. Really? Yeah, it's Brittany in um dynamic duets during that paint scene. She gives him a kiss. That's like the first time he gets like a proper physical touch, touching interaction. I'm pretty sure after Kurt kisses him when he arrives in New York, it just like. It makes me so sad. I think I'd have to go back and rewatch, but episode um, but for the four through six, those three episodes are like the height of like painful for me. I can't watch them. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish there was a happier note we could end this on, but I'm like... sorry. Um, it does blam. Better. Blam. Blam is happy now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And uh, yeah, it, it gets better. Like, look at what happens at the end of the season and the start of next season. Oh, that's right. Let's end on the happiest. Okay, this is because I wrote this in my notes, but I didn't bring it up at the time. That just think about this is the beginning of the school year, okay? And this really tragic thing is going to happen. By the end of the school year, Blaine is going to be engaged. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. He's going to be it. engaged by spring break. <laughs> so just imagine, just imagine he went to New York on that spring break and had a very good time. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just kind of funny when you when you think about it. I'm like, yeah, that's you know, you squish the timeline to what it's supposed to be, and yeah. this is only six months, guys. It's only six months. <laughs> so. And somebody does help Blaine. Yes, Blam. 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 All right. Let, let freedom sing. <laughs> let freedom sing. <laughs> let Blaine sing. <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess that wraps everything up. I want to thank you guys for um, joining me. It's, it's you know, not always an easy ride here, but, um, yeah. Uh, if you guys, if the listeners already haven't, I would really recommend you guys to check out the Kurt side, which is re- was released at the same time. We've got a lot of really awesome Kurt things over there. And then next Sunday, we will be back with the big one, the breakup. So, yeah. Um, bring tissues. <laughs> bring tissues. It, it's going to be a sad one, but hopefully we'll, we'll get through it okay. So, 
Thanks for listening and good night. Missing puzzle piece. I'm complete. I was just guessing at numbers and figures, pulling the puzzles apart. Will you love me even with my dark side? Somebody let me come through. I'll always be there as frightened as you. To help us survive Being alive Oh, don't you understand I'm never changing who I am You are the sunshine of my life Let's have a kiki I wanna have a kiki Lock the door tight Let's have a kiki Don't stop me now I'm having such a good time I'm having a